Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumpke is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumpke will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumpke. Apply now at RumpkeCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. following program is intended for immature audiences only. Don't think, just listen. From coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. William Eric Alexander, all my friends call me Bill, and you're online with yours truly, Bill Alexander, here on WMCK.FM and also on Fayette TV, Channel 77 in Uniontown on the Atlantic Broadband Cable System. Hope everything's going fine for you on this Monday evening. And uh, those of you that are watching it live on the YouTube stream, you'll be able to watch it again tomorrow night on uh, Fayette TV, Channel 77, and also listen to it online at WMCK. Well, tonight on the phone, actually, this was short notice. I noticed it on Friday, got a hold of this individual, and she said, sure, I'll do the program. And right now on the phone line, we have Shelly Bort. Shelly, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you, Bill? (laughs) Real good. I am so (laughs) glad I read the article in the Uniontown Herald Standard that you were being honored at the Geibel Gala that they had over the weekend. Yes, yes. I was uh, surprised, too. <laughs> um, um, it's, I graduated from, from Godwell Catholic, and they have an actual, um, they do an annual auction, and um, they they honor past um, alumni, so I was lucky enough to, to be that, that person this year. If you don't mind me asking, what year did you graduate? <laughs> I graduated in 92. Oh wow! I'll be honest with you. Looking a at a long your, time ago, right? Well, well I graduated almost <laughs> ten years before that. But anyhow, looking <laughs> at your photos online, there is no way possible you're over the age of thirty. <laughs> oh, you're my new best friend. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is it was your birthday was last week, wasn't it? 
It was, yes. I and, had a busy week, yeah. And I looked, and actually the funny thing is, I commented on your birthday post, and I noticed there were two candles. One said four, one said five. And I'm going, there is no... <laughs> I'm glad you looked at them the correct way. <laughs> well, I'm almost, I'm closer to 54 than I am to 45. But when I looked at them, I'm going, there is no way possible that you're that age because really you look uh, really good for that age. Oh, well, thank you. I must have good genes. Then. So question for you, how old your daughter? She's nine. Okay. She'll be 10 this summer. Okay. So, yeah. so hopefully she has the same good genes that mom has. I, I hope so. She's, <laughs> she's tall. So she's got that anyway. Well, that's good. The first question <laughs> is, does she play basketball? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask. She does. That's she good. Does. Um, I don't know if she plays because she she knows I want her to, uh-huh. or if she plays because she likes it. We, well, we're not to that point yet. She's, she <laughs> she's hasn't figured out if she liked it or not yet, right? Uh, no, no. <laughs> so, But at least she's trying, so that's good. So give me a little background about yourself. You are from Uniontown. Right. Yep, born and raised in Uniontown, and, and my, my entire family still still live there so I'm in town quite often um, but you know I graduated from Geibel and then after Geibel I um, went on to Gannon University in Erie on a basketball scholarship and I graduated from Gannon in 97 with a degree in communication. So when you played basketball for Geibel from what I was reading you set a few records there. I did um, I still <laughs> hold the um all-time leading scoring record. I have, uh, let's see, 1,977 points. So it's uh, still still holding tight. <laughs> they haven't had anyone, I don't think, come anywhere near that. Which is very, uh, which last, is, gosh, 27 years. Which is, wow, 27 years, which is very impressive. I know. It, it really is because um, with the way athletics are today, it's not that you don't have the standouts. It's just that there's it's more of a it's more of a, a team team effort now, and everybody's pretty much how do I want to put it um, on the same playing field. And it's amazing I that think so too, yeah. and it's amazing that you were able to be a standout like that all the way back then, and it, let alone getting a scholarship to Gannon University up in Erie. Yeah, that's uh, those were the glory days. I wish I could go back and do it all over again. Do you really? <laughs> do, do you really? I do. <laughs> I, I really do. Yes, yes. I I love. I still play basketball, but I I that was a big part of my life, and and it would be so fun to be able to to relive it all again. Well, I did <laughs> not re- just in my mind. <laughs> I did read somewhere that you said you play basketball. However, it takes a little bit longer for you to recuperate. Does. Yes, I said I've never had any injuries. I mean, sprained ankles, scopes, fingers, you know, the basics, but never had, you know, thankfully any knee injuries or anything serious until I was 40. And then 40, it, it was like both knees, both hips, my back, my shoulder, <laughs> you name it. So, but that doesn't stop me. Most people say, you know, why are you running still? Or, you know, you should be swimming. And I said, well, I don't like to do anything but play basketball. Right. So, you know, I even if it's only one day a week and it takes me a week to recuperate, that's that's okay with me. It's worth it. As long it, as I can still do it. I'm going to keep doing it until I can't anymore. Well, that sounds good. So you went to Gannon University and you decide, you, you studied communications. What mm-hmm. got you interested right. in broadcast communications? Because I was always being interviewed for okay. playing basketball. 
Um, and so it just intrigued me. I, I um, have a good friend that used to be uh, work in the sports department at WJET in Erie, and he would, you know, basketball is big in, in, in Erie, right? Um, especially the, the universities there. And so, you know, we, we became friends, and he was always at my games. And then um, I ended up, um, you know, just he invited me to the station, showed me around, and you know, I got to go on a couple stories with him, and, you know, I just said, wow, I really, I like this, you know, so it just kind of went from there, and then I did my internship at Jet also in sports, so it was that's just from, just from, you know, being in front of the camera that way. So you're working with, at WPXI right now, and um, are you a freelance reporter for him, or are you on staff? I am a freelance reporter. Yes. Okay. Um, have been since 2015 and, um, you know, I'd like to work more, but with a nine year old, you know, I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss her growing up and and miss all of her activities. So I'm just fortunate that I can stay in the business, you know, um, couple days a week, couple days a month, whatever, you know, they're willing to give me. Okay. Well, that's the reason why I left because I had a family and I got into education instead. So now I teach what I used to do. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. I thought about that too. I said, but I'll, I'll you know, keep doing this while I can. Right. So while the iron's hot, right? Exactly. So if you're you're doing field reporting, which is one thing, have you have you thought about doing sports or just focusing on sports? Um, initially, you know, in college and, and right out of college, that's what I wanted to do. But um, you know, sports departments at TV stations are very small. They're you know they don't have a large staff, so it was easier for me to get my first job. You know, break in the business doing news right um and then i once i did you know got into that i said I, I i like this you know so i just stuck with it um but i was fortunate um when i came back to pittsburgh in 2015 that um i was doing skylights for wpxi so i was doing some football reporting mm-hmm. and then just this past football season they um asked me to host their new um skylights highlights which is an online and um direct uh, video on demand, excuse me, um, football show. So, you know, I'm, I'm still getting to do that a little bit. So that's exciting. What's interesting is I don't know if you do this. A few months back, I had the opportunity to uh, interview um, Sally Wigan, who recently did, retired from WTAE. Oh, you did. That's great. And when she started the business, she wanted to do sports also. And that's how she mm-hmm. ended up doing the Steelers highlight programs for Channel 4 because she just had a natural inclination of doing that. And because she was old enough or she was in her career long enough and had a reputation, she asked to do it. And they ended up saying, go ahead and do it. And she did it successfully for quite a few years. She really did. She absolutely did. Now, if you, if if you, you oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there, there aren't any women in Pittsburgh that, that do sports. You know, she was the only one. Uh, which is odd because if you go anywhere in the United States and turn the TV on, I bet you you're going to find a woman in the sports department. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's so. what I was going to say. If the opportunity presented itself to you that a, uh, one of the stations wanted to offer you a position in sports, would you think long and hard about taking it? I wouldn't think long and hard. It'd probably be a, a quick, quick thought. <laughs> I would take it. <laughs> 
Um, have you ever done uh, now? Definitely. Now a lot of a lot of people that do do sports in their past have done um, either play by play or analyst work. Have you ever done that before um, when working at other I, places? I have not. No, I have not done that. But um, I don't. You know, I think it would be being that I played. Not saying because I played, I would be good at it. But right. I think you know that definitely would give me give me the edge. Um, but I, I used to do the public address announcing for uh, the Pitt women's basketball team. I did that for a couple of years. Oh, I didn't um, realize so, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did that from 2007 through 2010. Yeah, I really liked that. It was it was a good way to um, get to see a lot of good games and you know just just stay on top of basketball. Have I you enjoyed it? Have you thought about uh, venturing into sports talk radio? I have not. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> because, uh, as you said, in especially in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is such a sports town, you don't see women in that in that field. And I, and as you said, you see them everywhere else in the country. But Pittsburgh mm-hmm. seems like they're a few years behind the rest of the curve. Oh, I don't know why. Yeah. And, and I think there's going to have Crazy. to be one one individual strong enough to say, "Hey, I can do this," and I'm I'm voting for you. So. <laughs> well, thank you. Do you want to be my agent? <laughs> sure. Sure. I'm not doing anything else <laughs> in my free time. Um, but when you when you were in Gannon and you worked at Jet, where did you go after graduation? I then did an internship at Fox Sports in Pittsburgh with Stan Saverin. Okay. Um, on Sportsbeat. So I did that for a couple months. Um, and then after that ended, I got my first job um, as a news anchor and reporter in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. That's a town of about 8,000. <laughs> so and w- that was my first job. That's when you used to have to pay your dues. It doesn't seem like you do that today, but... Well, yeah, I started so, in, you know, that's market 200. Well, so if you don't mind me asking, what year was that? Um, that was in 2000. Okay. So it was 19 years ago. Yes. Well, it doesn't seem like it. Thanks for reminding me You're how welcome. old I am. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in every so often tonight. Um, yeah, every, every chance you get. But the thing is, is that, like you said, it doesn't seem like that they're doing that anymore because you had to pay your dues. And Mm -hmm. do you want to throw that because of social media that people are actually doing their own stuff now and that's how they're being seen? Or is it just a totally different system of getting hired in 2019? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, they (laughs) want to pay less money. Um, And so a lot of times, you know, kids right out of college or maybe you know only worked in in one market you know they can not saying they're not not any good but just they can get them for a lot less than maybe some you know a veteran right. um, reporter that's just my thought that may not be the case at all but um you know it could be that's actually <laughs> interesting so how long were you in uh, nebraska I was only in Nebraska for six months, and then I went to Parkersburg, West Virginia. Okay, and I worked there for two years. Getting closer to home. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, well, that was the idea. That was only two hours from home, so I was I was trying. And then after there, I went to Steubenville, Ohio, for two years, um, which was close as well. And then, geez, Jacksonville, St. Louis. 
um, and then and then back to Pittsburgh. And when you came to back so. to Pittsburgh, was it as freelance or were you actually hired um, full time or part time at the time? Just freelance. When I came back, um, we had our daughter, and so I, you know, I didn't want to work when she, you know, was an infant. So right. That's when I was just doing um, the the PA announcing for okay. Pitt, just to kind of stay, you know, stay in the mix there. And then, um, and then did a couple pageants and kind of got out of it a little bit. And then, you know, thought once my daughter was of school age in first grade, I said I'd like to you know, get back into it one last time. So I was very fortunate that I had the opportunity at Channel 11. Well, I'm glad you threw that word in there, pageant, because you were Mrs. Pennsylvania, (laughs) correct? I was a long time ago, yeah, 2008. Okay, I wasn't going to, well, actually, I was going to ask you what year that was. What what got (laughs) you into pageant work? Oh gosh, this is—it's a funny story. People ask me all the time because I've never, never been in a pageant, never had the desire to even be in a pageant. Mm-hmm. But um, my younger sister um, did the Miss Pennsylvania um, USA pageant. Okay, and it was the first time she had ever been in a pageant, and um, she placed really well. Um, and she, you know, kept egging me on. She said, "You should do it. It was so much fun. You know, they have Mrs. Pageant." And I'm like, eh, okay, why not? And, you know, she said, you could wear my dress. You're not going to have to spend a lot of money. And um, so I did. And I never had any, I mean, I never thought in a million years that I would win. I mean, I'm very competitive. Of course, I wanted to, but I thought, this right. is my first go at it. You know, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, and then I won. <laughs> so <laughs> my first go at it. So what was and your... I did have, it was, it was really nice. So what was your talent no talent okay. um, for the Mrs. America um, pageant system, but I do play the piano, so if I needed a talent, that's what I would have done. Oh, wow, that's impressive. So you, you've moved all the way around. You came back to Pittsburgh again to get closer to family in Uniontown. Of all the jobs mm-hmm. you've had, is there a favorite or a favorite place you lived, other than where you're at right now? I was going to say, well, Pittsburgh, of course. Yeah. Um, I loved St. Louis. I loved um, the city. It's a lot like Pittsburgh. Very, you know, friendly people, just down to earth. Um, and I love the station I worked at, and I made a lot of good friends. Mm-hmm. So that was a bummer when I when I left there. But, um, I mean, I've, I've liked all the places I've lived and worked, but um, that's probably the, the top of my list next Pittsburgh. Now, is there one or two memorable stories that you may have covered, maybe in Pittsburgh or another place you've been that you actually, if anybody asks you that question, there's one that comes to mind? Um, People do ask me that a lot. Um, Well, when I was in um, Jacksonville, that was my first experience with um, hurricanes and tropical storms. So those stories, um, if I can't remember, and I apologize, what hurricane came through that would have been in um 2005 but that was very memorable for me because it was scary you know we're we're telling people you know people are boarding up their homes at the beach and you know we're telling them don't you know go leave the house or you know or leave the city and here we are standing on the beach reporting you know almost getting blown away you know and knocked over by waves so that that was that was a memorable time for me i 
don't want to do that again <laughs> if I don't have to. Well, that's one of those things. I would volunteer to go, go, go there again. Well, that was the one thing I've never understood because you see it on the Weather Channel most that these guys are standing in the middle of the storm just to get that good <laughs> shot. And it's like, really? We know what rain looks like. We've seen it once or twice. Right. I know. I say that here, too, in the snow. You know, we're telling people it's so treacherous on the roadways. And don't leave your right. homes. And we're out there driving around trying to find, you know, the worst, worst areas. <laughs> so this isn't safe. So you, you, but, you've been doing this um, for a while and, and worked in different locations. And I've asked this question to other media people that I've talked to over the last oh, 20 years that I've been doing a program like this. The news that we're covering today, is it the same as it was when you started? Or is there more no. sensationalism than there is, is now than there was then? I definitely think there's more sensationalism. Um, I'm not a fan of that, but that's, you know, that's just how, uh, unfortunately, a, a lot of the news is today. But I just, you know, when I got into the business, I don't remember all these horrific things happening you know, okay. covering what we what we do now. And not to say that it wasn't going on, but just with, you know, you mentioned social media. Uh, with that, I just think, you know, we are hearing more about it now, you know, because we, we have these, you know, outlets that are, that are readily available to us. You know, you can film anything today on your phone and get it uploaded, you know. I mean, so I think that's why. Because I was, as I mentioned earlier, I was talking with Sally Wigan, and one thing Sally said to me is that when she, and then, and again, she started in, in Pittsburgh in the 80s, she said then they would never cover a house fire the way they cover a house fire now. Or a convenience uh -huh. store robbery, you wouldn't cover the convenience store. The only reason you'd cover the house fire is unfortunately if you had a fatality. And the same right. way with a convenience store robbery. And and is it because everybody's trying to get a jump on everybody else, not only on oh, yeah. on local news, but again, going back to that whole social media thing, because I think a lot of the TV stations, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, are focusing, if not more time on social media than they are on actually they what's are. going on on TV. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's our future. Um, you know, someday there probably won't be you know, TV news, you know, you're going to get it all on your phone or on your uh, computer. Uh, so I think that's why, you know, there's a big push, but I know at channel 11, we do really well, you know, in social media, um, Facebook and, and Twitter right. and um, Instagram, but they really push in. Sometimes I think more goes into the digital than, than, you know, on air, it's just because that's how it's going to be. You yes. Know, Look at the kids today. You know what I mean? They, they, they're born and they know how to use a cell phone. Right. <laughs> they know how to use electronics. And that's what I was going to ask you because of people our age, we, are, we were trained to watch it on TV mm -hmm. or tune in the radio. Right. However, we are also of the age when this newfangled media came into play that we're still learning how to use it after 20 years. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Because, I mean, I just know with some of the younger reporters at work, I mean, I can't keep up with them. You know, I have to ask them, I'm like, how do I do this? How do I do a Facebook Live? I mean, right. you know, and they, you know, they just do it all day long. I mean, they, they document, not even at work, but their entire life. <laughs> Do you yeah. see that being a good thing or a bad thing, documenting their entire lives? Because does that separate the reporter from the individual, or does it just blur the line together? 
Oh, well, you know, that's, that's a, a way of people getting to know you because I think covering a lot of the stories that we do because they're so tragic, you know, right. you can't get a feel for someone's personality. So, you know, they, they want you to kind of let the, the viewer into your life a little bit, um, you know, by posting personal things. Um, I don't think it's smart, you know, but um, I think that's, that's why, you know, they do it. But do you have an issue with privacy whenever you do it? No, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't do that. I don't, I, if you would look at my, my Twitter or my Facebook, I mean, I don't, um, you know, I'm not like that. I don't, you know, post that, that often, Okay. just news stories, but nothing about, you know, my personal life on any of my, um, professional, um, pages. Because that, that was the one thing that I've always found interesting, because people ask me why I don't, because I have my wife, my three kids, and it's because they're my wife and three kids. They have nothing to do with what I'm doing in the yeah. media that I'm still doing. Um, yes, they know that I have them. They know that I that I do teach and stuff like that. But how much is too much? Because I've seen some mm-hmm. young reporters out there putting a lot of information out online that you'd think too about I mean, five or six years ago and going, wait a minute, that's a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, there's crazy people out there and, you know, you don't know what they're going to do with that information. It's scary. I think of my daughter, you know, nine years old. What's it going to be like for her when she gets into high school? You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's a oh, scary yeah. thought, you know. And then the other thing well, is, too, is just, that some of the stuff you post online when you're younger and looking for a job or yeah, something else. And so, to, yeah. And yeah, I, it'll come back to, to bite you. And I've known a couple of reporters that, I, uh, that I've known personally that did a few things in college that they wish they wouldn't have done now that, of course, was yeah. online and people found it. Yeah, well, we always say, you know, my friends, my age, you know, we say, oh, my gosh, how lucky are we that there was no social media back then. I was watching something tonight, and I said the same thing. I'm going, thank goodness I didn't have to worry about monitoring that, let alone monitoring my own life at the time. Um, Right. So in the where do you see yourself going in the next five or ten years? Do you see trying to work full time again, or do you like this sporadic schedule that you have? No, I, I mean, it's working, working now, but I would, would love to work full time. I mean, that's, that's my goal. If it happens, you know, I don't know, but you know, I, that's what I'd like just because, you know, my daughter's getting older and, you know, not requiring as much of my time. Um, you know, she's into sports and, and right. after school things. So, um, that's what I always said, you know, I wanted wait until she got of school age and then I, you know, wanted to have a career again. Now the one thing, so if I'm fortunate enough, that's the plan. Now the one thing I'm going to ask you, and if, if, and if I get a little bit too sensitive, let me know with a guy, the age limit doesn't affect you, but with a lady, Wait. does that age affect you to the public? Because once you start reaching a certain age, do they still want you to, report or be in that center of uh, attention at the stations. There's very few women over the age of 40 or 45 that are actually doing very well. And do you feel that's fair or is that unfair? Oh, I definitely think it's unfair. 
Um, you know, your age shouldn't matter, especially, you know, like you said, if you don't even look your age, you know, yeah, that well, shouldn't even go ahead, rub it know, in. come into play. But, but <laughs> <you're right>. trust <laughs> me, I look at my feeling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel it too. <laughs> but, you know, the hiring, you know, that these stations are doing now, these younger reporters, it's, you know, you feel, I feel sometimes I'm like, gosh, well, wonder how much longer I can do this because these right. kids coming in now could be my my kids well yeah that's the sad part yeah yeah and so you think like well geez that's is that what where we're going like that's what they want and i'm talking about larger markets again like i said you know we used to have to pay we had to pay our dues so you know when you're at a larger market you would expect to see a more mature person on Mm -hmm. the air not someone that you would see in a smaller market but today it's not like that so then i you know, get nervous too. I'm like, well, geez, how much longer can I do this? If that's what, that's the look they're going for. And, and, and that actually bothers me because when you were trained, and this is another question, were you trained in communication or were you trained in journalism? Communication. I mean, we, you know, radio and TV, that's what our emphasis was okay. um, at my university. Um, you know, so, so both, but not, not as much as maybe some like, you know, the OUs out there that have, you know, the, the scripts journalism school, right. you know, um, yeah, that it wasn't like that at, at my college, but, you know, I know some reporters that I've worked with didn't have any background in journalism or communications, you know, history degrees, finance mm-hmm. degrees and smaller markets, you know, gave them a job <laughs> well and that and that's, on air. and that's what i was asking because a lot of the a lot of the people that you're seeing coming up now they may not have a background in the field in any way shape or form they just mm-hmm. look good on camera yeah and is it yeah, right to they, give they someone a job just because they look good no but i'm <laughs> I know we're not, not in every field. I think we're not the we're not the one hiring. Right. I know that. Um, All right. So right. if there was any city that you've been in, and if Pittsburgh was never an option to come back home, which one would you be living at now? Um. Oh, geez. If I had my choice, yeah, probably somewhere in Florida, maybe or St. Louis. Okay. I kind of yeah. thought I was. I mean, I, I'd like to be close to home, but. You know, I, I was waiting for I you like to say Nebraska. Ones. I was just. Uh... Oh, gosh. No, <laughs> I like to forget that part. <laughs> I mean, that's one. Let's see. I have a funny story. OK. Um, I was hired as, you know, the anchor reporter uh, yes. at weekend anchor and three day week reporter. OK. So no news cards, no photographers, you know, one man band. And I know they're doing it today, too. But, you know, I had to use my own car. I had to lug all that stuff around. So I was reporting, you know, writing my story, editing my package. Then I'm also producing the show for me to anchor. So I was the only reporter on the weekend and the anchor. Then we didn't even have IFB. So we would leave the studio door open and um, (laughs) back in the control room. And the director would scream from the control room where I could hear him. He'd be like, go! That's how you knew to go. So that's how bad it was. That sounds like seemed like that would have been forty years ago. I was only 
19. That's what I, because uh, what I teach, I teach media, media communications on a high school level. And we, when we do our news that we do in the morning and afternoon, that's the way we do it. Cause we don't have IFBs either. So <laughs> right. at least on my level, I understand uh, why we're doing it. Um, but that's fu- right. That's funny. I mean, that, yeah. that, 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 that really was, is. That was rough. That was, that was really rough in it. Then my next <laughs> job, um, we had like two photographers and I thought, I mean, I still had to shoot a lot of my own stuff, but anytime they would say, Oh, you know, go with Max. I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Like I thought it was the most glamorous thing. Riding in a news car and having a photographer. That was the best. (laughs) Well, we're hearing now, at least we know this on the local level when it comes to newspapers, that they're getting rid of um, the photojournalists. Do you see that same thing happening with, uh, with uh, videographers on the uh, on the news level, because everybody, like you said, they have a phone, they can record it themselves. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not happening yet in in you know this market. I don't think, but there is a lot of talk that they're going to go to you know MMJs. They're just going to do away with photographers and and you know just do the one man band again. Which you know, we- and that that's that. Pardon me? But, which is interesting because what you're doing is you're taking the field back 30 and 40 years by doing that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's very, oh, and the thing is, you know, when I was doing it, we didn't have live capabilities, so we never went live. Right. These people that are one-man banning today are actually even setting up their own live shots, you know? I mean, I don't even know how that, that's humanly possible to do all that by yourself. Well, when but I when I was much younger, when I started doing this um on my end, uh, there was a Saturday Night Live routine. I don't know if you remember who Al Franken is. I don't. Okay, no, the name sounds familiar, okay. but I don't. You need remember. to go. You need to go online and look up Al Franken, and he did a one-man band, and he would be dressed up as his own satellite unit, holding his microphone and camera. And they were making fun <laughs> of this thirty-some years ago, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. Were they foreseeing what was going to eventually happen in the field of media? Because, again, mm-hmm. we have everything at the, at the disposal of our fingertips that we can do whatever we want. And, again, it mm-hmm. just becomes very interesting to see that happen. Now, mm-hmm. you were at Geibel over the weekend. What yeah. did... Well, um, it wasn't at Geibel. It, it, the event oh, okay. was, was held in Uniontown. Oh, but, it was... Yeah. Okay, it was at Uniontown. It was the the Geibel's mm-hmm. Gala. Yes. When you were there, did, did you did you um, did they ask you to speak? They did. You know, if we wanted to, so okay. I you know said a, had a short little speech. And what were you talking about? The sports? Were you talking about the education? What were you uh, thanking? Or both. Okay. You know, I, I said that, you know, I think my my career was forged at Geibel, you know, in the classroom and on uh, the basketball court. You know, a lot of hard work went into those four years, you know, to get a full scholarship. Yes. So I talked about that and the teachers and, and uh, you know, just faith in God, you know, that he, um, you know, saw me through all my ups and downs. Um, so if, if you had the opportunity right now to, to talk to, to students that want to become, um, reporters or anchors or that, what would you tell them? That number one, you don't make much money. So if that's what you're looking for, don't get into this. Um, no, um, I would just tell them that, 
you know, I don't even know what I would tell them because honestly, I don't even know what the future holds for, uh, you know, media. I don't, you know, like I said, are we even going to be on television anymore? You know, who knows? You know, um, they would probably know more. They could probably tell me some things, (laughs) I think. I mean, I, I go on stories today, you know, for Channel 11 and I see people out there just reporting with their phones. Literally, right. just with their iPhone, yeah. And I'm like, who who are they? And they're with their own little, you know, podcast or whatever. I said, wow. <laughs> you know, they're doing exactly what we're doing, except, you know, with a phone. But as as I said, though, and I, and I still believe this, because you're with a news outlet, radio, TV, whatever it may be, that still gives you more credibility than the guy that's doing it in his, in his, in his oh, yeah. basement. And, but a, a lot of people, which I hate to say this too, is believing that the media is bad and they'd rather hear from the guy mm-hmm. in his basement because his, he is unfiltered. He's not, he's not sugarcoating right. it because there's advertising dollars that may be in play somewhere. And mm-hmm. I and I don't right. know where we where we shifted in that mindset, because I think it's great that everybody has this opportunity that they can actually do this. It's just that. Mm-hmm. What training do they have to make them qualified to do it? And I think that's what my issue is. Right. None. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and how do you know? Because, like you said, they're not with a news outlet, someone credible. How do you know that the information that they are putting out there for people is true. They talk about fake news with, you know, the, the networks, you right. know, but how about these people, you know? And that, I mean, that, I would be more apt to, be, to believe us than, you know, than someone like that. And that's the one thing that scares me about this is because you're seeing that shift to more online than you are in traditional or terrestrial media. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you don't know where you're mm-hmm. getting your information from. Right, right. And, yeah. um, and that... I mean, the, I was just going to say, we, you know, we don't put anything on the air unless it's confirmed, even if we know it to be true. Right. You know, they just, they just, we, we can't go with it until we get, you know, official word. So, but, you know, those people, they don't, they don't have to go through that, you know. No, if they if they like the idea or if they they believe the, the whatever it is, they just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Now, since you're yeah. freelance with WPXI, what does that mean? Um, well, I'm not under contract with them, um, you know, so I could go and work somewhere else, but okay. not while I'm still there. <laughs> right. You know, I am. Um, but um, just you know, I just I don't have a um, a contract, and I'm not I don't have a set schedule. I'm kind of. Um, you know, I fill in for people when people are on vacation or they're sick or they need extra help. Um, that's kind of where I come into play. So, um, you know, some parts of the year I work more often off the summertime, obviously, with people on vacation and, and around holidays and weekends. <laughs> so, so my schedule's all over the place. I was just going to say, so how far in advance you know what your schedule is, or is it just like they call you up in the morning and say, hey, we need you to do this? Well, sometimes I get, you know, a week or two out, and then sometimes day of. I said, I feel like a substitute teacher sometimes. You know, they'll call and they'll be like, hey, we just had someone call off. Can you be here in a half hour? And you're like, oh, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. But, <laughs> but you, you, you know, the the thing is, I mean, it's, it's nice that you can set your own schedule and you can say no, but, you know, you have to be careful that you don't say no too many times because, 
you know, if they can't depend on you, right. you know, at a uh, minute's notice, they're going to move on and find somebody else that, you know, they can. So, so, so I never just, say no. <laughs> just offhand, how many of their reporters are considered freelance then? Um, we have just two at our station. Okay. And then everybody else is, is you know, uh, on or is under contract. Okay. Because I was just curious. stations have at least one. Because I'll be honest with you, I haven't heard the term freelance in a long time when it came to it, because I thought a lot of the reporters were on contract, if not a, a considered mm-hmm. full-time, but they were part-time. And hearing you say freelance, mm-hmm. um, it, it actually makes a lot of sense, because like you said, you never the, the work is not always guaranteed. It's going to be whenever right. they need you. Um, mm-hmm. Do you like the idea of doing freelance work? Well, again, I, I, as I mentioned, I would like to be full time. Okay. Um, you know, just because I, I love what I do and I would like to do it all the time. Um, but again, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm, that I have the job that I have, you know, so, but the only, only downfall with the freelance again, it's just, you don't have a set schedule. So, you know, it's hard to, to make plans, you know, cause you don't know if you're going to be working. And again, you don't want to say no. So, Right. You know, you're kind of on call, sort of. Um, but it's it's a nice way that, you know, for someone that maybe doesn't want to work full-time or, or even part-time, you know, they can work when they want to work. Um, you know, so it kind of gives you some flexibility, especially if you have a family. So if the opportunity presented itself and they say, hey, we want you to do weekend anchor, would you do, would you do it? Oh, uh, <laughs> I would love that job. But boy, that would be tough, the weekend. That it would just be that would be really hard with my daughter because okay. that's the only time we have together. Right, <laughs> but that would be hard to turn down though. Um, sure. Because the, the the thing is, it gets me just in in Pittsburgh, and I don't I know uh, some other parts of the country that the largest budget they have is their news budget because of the mm-hmm. multiple times that they do news from the mornings to the evenings to late at night, right, and then mm-hmm. also on Saturdays in the morning for that that what is it a three-hour chunk that they do in the morning oh yeah um Mm -hmm. that a lot of people they have cycling through there for the most part were reporters that became anchors to fill these extra shifts and i know Mm -hmm. with um with channel 11 they do the one um are they with uh they're with fox news right they do fox Fox's mm-hmm. ten and thir- or ten o'clock uh, newscast. Yes, but again, David Johnson does that, and he's been at the station I think since the creation of television. So it's um, <laughs> <laughs> I know David too, and him and Peggy are the longest running duo in the uh, in the country are. right now, which is kind of impressive. That's crazy. I know. They're, they're such nice people. Which too. is one of those things you can honestly go up to both of them and say, I grew up watching you, and they'd actually have to believe you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, right. it's one of those things. Right. Um, that's for sure. So, like I said, we're talking about the stories that you've covered and the places that you've lived and um, and some of the things. And, again, when I go back to talking to, to people, if you, if anybody walks up to you, what can you say is your most favorite part of the job? Most favorite part is you never know what you're going to get into at any time you work. You okay. Know, the stories are never the same. Um, so that's what, you know, there's no, it's, 
it's not monotonous. You know, you're not doing the same thing. Right. I mean, you're doing the same thing, but it's a different story every day. Right. Um, and, you know, you just get out and meet people and, you know, you're not stuck in a building sitting behind a, you know, a desk. That's what I like about it. And um, I love breaking news. So it's, that's, you know, I mean, I like to have a set story where I have some time to do it, but it, it's always fun to, to get breaking news. Has there ever the, been a story? The, the rush of that. Have there's ever been a story that you've covered that when you get there, you think it's one thing, and when you actually start reporting on it, it turns into something else? Oh, absolutely. And sometimes you go there thinking it's this great story, and you get there, and it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what I said. You just never know what, you know, what it's going to be. And then you still have to report it. Sometimes you go there and... Pardon me? And you still have to report it, and you have to make it look like it's still something that's going to be important. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. Yes. So yeah. do, have you ever done, when when you do freelance, it's basically where wherever they put you. You have no idea where you're going for the most part. Well, no. I mean, it, it's like that with any reporter. I mean, okay. I still, you know, have to report to the station and you have an editorial meeting in the morning okay. to talk about the stories that are out there for the day. And, you know, you have to contribute also, and, you know, you have to come in with your own story ideas and then it's up to the producers of the show to decide, um, you know, what they want in their show. And then, then they dole out the assignments. Have you ever covered any stories in Fayette County? Um, a couple. Yes. A couple. Yeah. Which is which is cool. I like that. I wish I could do more. I, I you know get a lot of tips from people in in Fayette County, and um, and it never seems to be when I'm working. You know, <laughs> I always think, gosh, I wish I was there today. I could be doing this. right. But, um, we do. We have a Washington County um, Fayette County um, reporter, so she works Monday through Wednesday, and that's her beat. So even if I was there on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, I wouldn't get to cover those stories because right. that would, that's for her. Right. Yeah. So how many different do they have? So you said Washington, Fayette. Is there a West Westmoreland County Bureau also? Or is that part there's of the Allegheny? There's a Westmoreland, and then there, that, there's a Westmoreland, okay. and then there's also um, Butler, okay. Butler County. Because I know at one time yeah. that, I and I don't know if uh, uh, PXI was one of them, but there was once a Fayette County Bureau briefly. Um because mm-hmm. I guess they thought that the, the market and the numbers were um, high enough down here that they could justify it. Which, again, I'm surprised mm-hmm. they don't have a Fayette, a Fayette Morgantown um, reporter. Right. Because that would make mm-hmm. more sense to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, Morgantown seems so far away from Pittsburgh, but it's still our viewing area. Right. And um, we, don't, we don't go there very often. But I guess there's only so many so times you can cover couches being burnt that... Uh, <laughs> it, it becomes right. news. <laughs> right. Oh, that's true. So, no, it, it, it's actually a pleasure talking to you because, I, like I said, I've talked to other people in the media before, and a lot of them look back on it, and it's nice to talk to somebody that's still doing it right now because mm-hmm. I have questions because I've never worked TV side. I've always worked the radio side of the business, and it's a lot of it is very similar. Like you said, you have to make sure that the story is credible and you can actually confirm it before doing it. Is there a way mm-hmm. that you confirm a story, or do you just it, you just hope that your sources are reliable? 
No, we don't use um, sources either. Um, okay. You know, we don't say sources tell us. I mean, we, we right. have to get it from, you know, police or coroner or, or someone like that. Um, even though maybe we even talk to a witness and we mm-hmm. know for sure we can't, you know, we just, the only thing, like for a breaking news story, that's difficult because you get on the scene and, you know, you have to go live and you're, you know, it's chaotic and you're trying to find anybody, you know, an official to give you some kind of, you know, confirmation. And a lot of times you don't get that. And even though you know what's going on, you still, you still can't say anything. So sometimes, you know, the live hit is very brief because you're only going with what, you know, as factual information. And does that frustrate you that you can't say anything more or you're just... Mm -hmm. Oh, it does because, um, you know, it, it, it makes your live shop more difficult when you don't have much information, you know? Right. Again, even though you know what's going on and you can't say it, it's like, gosh, well, what am I, you know, what am I going to say? <laughs> All we know is, okay, yeah, there's, uh, you know, a house is on fire, <laughs> you know? So you just kind of have to talk what, you know, about what you see. Okay. You know, just, yeah. You know. Because I know when I used to work news and radio, we had we had to get it, it confirmed by at least two sources. One always being the state police, and if it was a mm-hmm. house fire, we had to call the local fire department or um, again, like you said, the coroner. And mm-hmm. that was for us because we never left the studio for the most part. We were all, we were always in a room, and it was always us reading it. We never had the actuality until someone went out and got it. But for you, you're mm-hmm. on the scene. And you could be there for how long and still not have the story? Oh, I mean, we're out, sometimes out there for hours just, just waiting. I mean, we're not shooting any video. You know, we got all of our interviews. We're just waiting literally for the, you know, police or fire chief or whomever to wrap things up and then to come over and talk to the media. Right. media. Hopefully. <laughs> sometimes they don't. Um, but, yeah, you know, you just have to stick it out until, you know, someone comes over and talks to you. So have you been in a situation at a house fire where you're covering it, it looks minor, then it becomes something worse, and you have to deal with a fatality in the situation? Oh, yes. Yeah. I've been on several of those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, going there, you may not think that, you know, they don't think anyone was in the house. Right. They don't think anyone, um, you know, died, and then you find out that that they did, in fact. Um, Yeah. Because one of the things, and I and I hate bringing in education into this, but when I tell my students, one of the things you never ask a person that was in the house fire is how they feel. Because we can pretty <laughs> much figure out how they feel right now. I know. And, I know. I, and yet you well, still see, re- and you still see reporters going up to them going, so how do you feel right now? Well, how do you think I'm going to feel? Yeah. What's going through your head? But, you know, you're trying to get them, you're trying to get that emotional um, sound bite. You right. know, you're trying to, you know, so some people just ask it like 20 different ways just to get what, <laughs> what they want. But I know people, I've never had anyone, you know, if I've had to say like, well, gosh, when you found out, like what was going through your head, you right. know, I haven't had anyone say to me like, well, you know, what do you think? Cause that's probably what I would say to somebody. Right. <laughs> but I, I just, it, you know, sometimes you get really good answers when, when you ask that though. It's just, it's just, I, I, my, my situation is dealing with someone else's grief when you're trying to tell a story. I know. Well, my, my thing that I, that I despise doing, but you know, it's part of the job is, you know, someone dies and they say, well, you know, let's go and see if, 
you know, their family will talk and you're like, oh, are right. you kidding me? Like they're, they haven't even been dead for a day or, or a couple hours for that matter. And, you know, you still have to go in and, you know, hope that somebody will talk to you. That's, now, that's hard. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a dumb question. Why do you have to go do it? Because that's, you know, that's what they want. They want to hear from, you know, the next of kin, family. You know, they again, it's it's all about the emotion. You know, you want the the real real people. They call it. You know, you don't want to just hear from, you know, the police saying, you know, so and so died at two twenty five. Right. You know, you want to hear from, you know, what we call real people, a real person. Have you ever been told to cover a story that has be too, been too emotional and you just look at him going, there's no way I can do this? Well, sometimes I think, you know, I was involved in a car accident um, when I was in college and my um, close friend and teammate uh, died. Uh-huh. Um, and so that, that's kind of hard for me to, to cover those stories, car accidents where, you know, young young people uh, die. But I've never you know, said that I couldn't do it or, okay. you know, I mean, I made it through. You just kind of have to separate, you know, your emotions from your job. And do you see with the the younger people that you're working with, especially those that have grown up on, on social media and online and internet, do you see them covering a story differently than you would cover the story? Um, probably because, you know, I have more um, experience, if you will, okay. um, you know, more more years in this world. Um, and I think, you know, um, and then also everybody has their, their you know, own style of um, writing. So, you know, that would they would definitely be different regardless of age, I think. Because uh, that was the one thing that uh, they've always intrigued me is because when you start looking at this stuff and you look at um, uh uh, how do I want to put it? A younger reporter compared to a seasoned reporter or a veteran reporter, it seems like the veteran reporter asks more in-depth questions than the younger reporter does. I was just going to say that. And a lot of times, too, I notice with the younger ones, they ask so many questions that you're like, they don't even mean anything. You're like, mm-hmm. why are they even asking that? Or, yeah. or they're asking what the official has already told us. Like a seasoned reporter just goes, and you already know what you want for your story. So you're like, okay, da, 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 here's my three questions. Okay, let's go. We're done. Right. You know, where they're still standing there, you know, 20 questions later, you're like, oh. <laughs> well, but, do, do you blame that on social media because they are so exposed to it that that is there and they can keep asking until they get the answers? Unlike you, where you have a definite amount of time and you were trained, I got to go in, I got to do it, I got to get done, and I got to get out of here and I got to file my story. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that's part of it. But then I think, too, maybe maybe they're nervous, you know. Okay. And maybe they just want to make sure they've crossed all their T's and dotted their I's, you know. So, and I get that. I mean, I don't remember how I was 20 years ago, but I perhaps was, was like that, too, you know. But, again, everybody has their own style. Right. So, you know, and, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. So there's there's no footage of you on YouTube from Nebraska? Uh, no, we unfortunately, unfortunately it was, but anyhow, but it wasn't as big as it is now. Well, listen, I don't want to ever even see myself from then. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew 
then how terrible I was. Can you imagine looking at it now? Oh, well, but, but just think it. of how far you've come, right? Uh, yes, but still, uh, some people, hey, some people come right out of college and they're like terrific, you know, that wasn't the case. I think all the stuff that I know to this day, honestly, I taught myself. I'm sure, <laughs> I actually, I'm sure. Some of these stations I was at, you know, they're just like, here's your equipment, go, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to do this? And you just have to do it, you know, you just, you know, trial and error. And I, and I think that in a lot of ways is the best way to learn because oh, because sure. you're teaching yourself. Yeah, these young kids are missing out. Right, exactly right. But in a lot of ways, because they've been doing it at such a young age, they're working out their own kinks just by doing it online. Yeah, um, online. Yeah. So yeah, it, sure. it, it, again, it, it just becomes very interesting to be able to do that. Um, and I appreciate you taking time talking to me tonight. Because again, it just intrigues me. I, I I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I had no idea you were from Uniontown, and when I realized you were, I'm going, <laughs> "Hey, this is really cool." <laughs> oh, because well, there's thank you. I'm so glad that you, you asked me to be on the show. I'm honored. Well, I, I thought that was. I'm very thankful great. that you were able to join me. And again, this is going to be airing um, on WMCK.FM out of McKeesport, and the. Uh, audio and video version, which people are watching at home right now. Um, if they're watching live, we'll be cool. airing again tomorrow night on Fayette TV channel 77 okay. at nine o'clock. So you can, you can let everybody know that if they uh, are on the cable system that we broadcast on, but uh, Shelly, I really okay. appreciate it. And thank you for spending about an hour of your time tonight. This was great for me. I'd sure. love to do it again in the near future. Um, just to talk about I'd love to too. more yeah. about you growing up in Uniontown and your whole experience at Geibel. I know I focused more on your media career tonight, um, but again, it was, it was a pleasure, and thank you very much. I appreciate it, Bill. Thank you so much again. It was uh, an honor to do this, and I'd love to do it again. And I, and I will uh, I'll keep you on that, and I'll mark that down, and I'll give you a call back sometime in the near future. <laughs> All right, sounds good, Bill. Thank you so much. Shelly, thank you very much. You have a great night, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Shelly Bortz, uh, freelance reporter for WPXI and grad graduate of Geibel, and uh, she was online with yours truly, Bill Alexander Knight. Enjoyable program. Hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, again, it was fun. I enjoyed myself. And, again, when I talk to people in the media – for some reason, I start answering, asking questions that I want to know about because, again, I've worked the radio side for so many years that it's so nice to hear somebody that worked the TV sides and worked through the experiences and did stuff like that. And it gives me an understanding of what it was like in their shoes when they started. But anyhow, yours truly, Bill Alexander. Um, with you on a Monday night. This program, again, will air tomorrow night on WMCK.FM. And we'll also be on Fayette TV Channel 77 at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, it just got confirmed within minutes of me talking to Shelly tonight, Francois Clemens. Most of you know him as Officer Clemens from Miss Rogers' Neighborhood, will be on this program tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. You heard me right. Officer Clemens from Mr. Rogers will be online with yours truly, Bill Alexander, tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. 
he confirmed it uh, within minutes of me going on the air tonight. And um, I'm glad I'm going to be able to share that with you. So we'll be on the program again live tomorrow night. So once you get done watching this program on TV or listening to it on the radio, then you can come back here again online with BillAlexander.com and you can watch me do the live program with Francois Clemens. And on Thursday this week, we have the author, uh, excuse me, V.R. Kraft, who uh, recently wrote a book called Fail to the Chief. And it's a very interesting book because the book is about running for the United States presidency. Best part is... They eliminate elections. It becomes a reality TV show and you vote off the candidate you don't want to see as president and it becomes a running tally of who would be best suited. We'll talk to VR Kraft on Thursday night. So Francois Clemens tomorrow night and thank you very much again to Shelly Bortz from uh, WPXI and Geibel High School. Really appreciate it and I think I hear music and I do. Thank you everybody and glad you could join us here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Have a great night. Well I'm tired and I gotta go home I'm tired and I gotta go home My baby told me she's gonna set me free Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.